Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to have a friend and an unbelievable human being. Jamie Kern Lima is on the Rise Together podcast today. Uh, If you don't know Jamie, you need to know her for real. She started It Cosmetics in her living room and grew the company into the largest luxury makeup brand in the country. She sold the company L'Oreal in a billion-dollar deal and became the first female CEO of a brand in its history. Her love of her customers and remarkable authenticity and belief eventually landed her on Forbes America's Richest Self-Made Women's List. Today, she's a mother of two, an active investor, speaker, and thought leader who is passionate about inspiring and elevating women. She's also an active philanthropist who has donated over $40 million in products and funds to help women face the effects of cancer with confidence. She just had her first book come out. It's called Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. It's part memoir, it's part manifesto, and it is packed with hard-fought wisdom, powerful real-life stories, and key lessons aimed to light the path to personal and professional success for anyone who picks it up. Tell you what, 2020 has been a year filled with setbacks, divisiveness, difficulties, and this book, Believe It, is brimming with refreshing, uplifting, and actionable stories that will inspire you, that will fill you with hope, that will have you dreaming again. There's a ton of optimism in it. And I will tell you, having read this book, you need to grab it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jamie Kern Lima to the Rise Together podcast. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise together. Jamie and I are friends that I need to just disclaimer up front. I am like the beneficiary of some of the coolest people as friends in the universe. And you, my dear, are among some of the nicest people I've ever spent time with. And we have a relationship that like, even just in the simplicity of a quick voice memo or a text, there is something so affirming. There's something, every time I get a message from you, I feel seen, loved, I feel prayed for. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. I appreciate your friendship so much. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that right back at you. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you. Oh my gosh, oh. thank you. So I uh, have just given a little introduction of you, but for someone who does not yet know you or what you are, or who you've been or what your mission on this planet is, will you give a little bit in your own words of who is Jamie Kernan? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably most well known for, for what you shared. I mean, going, I was the Denny's waitress and, and had this dream on my heart, but I still doubted it. And, and my whole story, a lot of people think my story is like starting with nothing and, and building a billion dollar company. But my real story and, and why I wrote Believe It also is, is a story of a girl who went from not believing in herself um, to learning how to believe in herself and not trusting herself to like literally learning how to hear my own gut and, and making the decision to trust it. And someone who went from doubting she's enough <laughs> on that journey to figuring out like, how do you know you're enough? And it's not just my story. It's really, I know it's the story of so many people right now. I mean, you talk about the 14 months we're coming out of right now with, um, with everything. And I think a lot of people have been dimming their light. My hope and prayer for this book and even just for our conversation is just that it really helps everyone, inspires everyone to like ignite their light again and, and to, to dream again and to really learn to believe in who they are and the possibility of their dreams and, and start trusting themselves again, right? Because we're all on this journey to become like all of who we are and all of who we're born to be. And so I'm so excited, Dave. Yeah, the book just launched and I don't know if you had the same experience. I'm, I'm sure you have, but I've been in tears all week, like reading people's feedback. Like um, someone just said that she she started the book. She was rooting for me through all these crazy stories I've never shared before. But by the end of the book, she realized she was rooting for herself uh. for the first time. And I'm like, <sighs> like, that's why I wrote this. And I'm just honored to share it. So thank you. Thank you for reading it too. And for all your book advice, by the way, I have a voice still. Because of your advice on the throat spray, the lozenges, I just want to shout out to you and say thank you. Oh, right on. <laughs> it's such an interesting thing because obviously you've had unbelievable success inside of the corporate world, building what you built and selling it for what you did and being a CEO and everything else. And yet yeah. taking a step into creator and putting your heart and soul and all of the Yep, pride that comes in having made something that you can be proud of, but also the insecurities that end up coming and trying to do something for the first time. Yeah. How was the experience? I just, I mean, I know for myself, it was wildly more jarring than I expected it to be. Also, the proudest thing that I ever did professionally in my life. I had a great professional career, and yet putting that darn book with a bunch of authentic, shame-filled at times stories inside of it was hard. How was it? How was it for you? Yeah, it, it was really hard. I mean, there were days and, and I wanted to, you know, it was probably about five years when my company finally started taking off and we became the biggest beauty brand in QVC's history. All these things were happening. I, I uh, started getting lit agents approaching me to do a book and they're like, we'll get you a ghostwriter and we'll, all these things. And I'm like, you know, if I ever do it, I really want it to be fully authentic. I want to write every word. I want to share all the things I wish I had known that would have saved me a whole lot of self-doubt <laughs> or a whole lot of nights crying myself to sleep or a whole lot of money or a whole lot of time. And I was in this season of total burnout in the middle of my growing my business. And I, so I said no for many, many years. And once I just, um, it was a couple of years of people on Instagram and, and Facebook, like sending me messages saying, oh, I read your story. 
but they hadn't because I'd never shared it, right? They said, oh, I read your story, how you went from Denny's waitress to, to billion dollar you know, entrepreneur. And did, did you just get lucky or did you have connections or did you have like a lot of money? And then they'll share something about themselves. They'll say in my own dream, like I've launched a dream and I'm not getting traction or I, you know, I, I put my idea out there and I feel rejected and alone. And I kind of realized that in some ways, all, all people really knew was this highlight reel of my story. And if we don't ever like really become vulnerable, <laughs> share the stuff we're ashamed of, we're embarrassed about, the stuff we really have gone through in a way that's bigger than ourselves, right? In a way that's in the spirit of service. I feel like if we don't really share those things, then people feel alone in their own struggles or their own setbacks or their own rejection of their idea or their business or so, so I kept that intention. I actually wrote out a full intention when I sat down and, and wrote the book. And yeah, it was so hard, Dave. There were days I was just sobbing and binge eating Lucky Charms. And I'm like, I don't even know. What, because it's, it's scary to share probably like 95% of this book I'd never shared before. And it's, there's a lot of personal stuff about when people pull the rug out from underneath you and how do you forgive and just identity stuff and self-doubt and body doubt and God doubt and all of it. It's all, all in it. there. And <laughs> like you, I had had this big title, right? So I was the CEO of this company. We built over a thousand employees in my company. And I realized, oh, sometimes when we're in that role, we show up as a leader for who everyone else needs us to be. And I had never shared the actual real stuff, like, like the stories behind the stories. And my hope is it's a book for everyone who in their own journey wants to like, you know, overcome self-doubt and, and learn to really trust themselves. And so did you have that experience too? Was it such a shift going from, you know, your- Completely. Your, <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely. Well, what's interesting is like reading the book, there is such a glimpse into your humanity, right? And like, as much as there are so many things in the bio that I can read about the accomplishments and the title and the status that comes in every single amazing thing that was done in your career, it doesn't necessarily highlight some of the humanity and the human moments that of course you struggled with doubt. And of course you had hard days. And of course you experienced rejection and all the things, but the stories inside the book in a beautiful way, which is also the intention, frankly, of the podcast here, create something of an empathy bridge between me, the reader, and you, the author, that say, hey, yep, I, I've had these experiences, I've built these things, and I'm also very much like you, human and fragile and filled with emotion and also like the duality of being hopeful and at times insecure, you know, ambitious mm -hmm. and also sometimes frustrated. And that just gives, I think, permission in normalizing it for all of us to feel that way. I just wrote the uh, dear reader letter at the beginning of the book that I am just getting ready to turn in. And in it, I just suggest like, look, I am on a journey much like you are. Like I have had fear. My, my next book has the word courage in the title and fear has been the leading emotion driving my life, period. And so the idea of writing about courage has like me a little self-conscious as the guide in this journey without acknowledging that, hey, guess what? I'm still on this journey too. And so I think that part of the way you wrote the book, it says, hey, look, I'm still also on a journey. Let me show you a little bit of where I've been, but also we're all on this perpetual never-ending journey of becoming. And this idea of believing that you can get to where you're going is like the core of what this thing's all about. 
Yeah. And you know, I, I thank you for that. And I think that's so important and I do share it, right? So I share so many crazy, <laughs> crazy, but true and often embarrassing and really painful stories that, that I've gone through and the tools I've learned on, on what to do when someone literally looks you in the eye and tells you you're not enough or you don't have what it takes or you need to change who you are if you want to be accepted or fit in. Uh, I share all of those tools I learned. And, and just like you, you said at the end, I share like I believe it's a journey for all of us, right? And there's still stuff I struggle with to this day. And I'm, it was so embarrassed to write about it, but I also think it's so important because, you know, when we talk about it, <laughs> it, it, it helps everyone feel less alone. And I love rise together because I really believe that's how we rise is, is together. Right. And I think like the intention of the, the word together is so big. And, and I kept even that kind of like through line in the whole book. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I think so many people have ideas and hopes and goals, and they might be in a business or in their relationships or in their art or in the things that they want to give or serve or offer to this world. And when we have that and we take that risk and courage to like offer it and it doesn't go well, a lot of times we think, oh, maybe um, I don't have what it takes, or maybe I should give up, or maybe my gut was wrong. And so I talk a lot about that journey because, you know, I, I was working as a television news anchor and I thought, so my whole life, Dave, I, I would sit in my living room, I'd watch Oprah every day. And I, as a little girl, I was like, oh, I want to share other people's stories like that. I knew my whole life. I wanted to share other people's stories. So I was eventually working in what I thought was my dream job. And I was in television news. And I went through what I thought was a big season of setback. Like I got a skin condition that's hereditary called rosacea, which for me, my cheeks get bright red, bumpy, sandpaper-like texture. It gets really, really bumpy to the point where makeup just breaks up. And I'd be anchoring the news live and like live on the broadcast, I'd hear in my earpiece um, from the producer, there's something on your face, there's something on your face, you need to wipe it off. Uh, and I knew there was nothing I could wipe off. I knew it was the makeup not working. And and I went through this, this season of what I thought was setback. Uh, I think Joel Osteen coined this phrase that like sometimes our setbacks are really our, our setups for what God has called us to do. And But sometimes we don't see it in the moment. And in the moment, I was like, oh, am I going to get fired? Am I, I would go on the air and my inner critic, like self-doubt would take over. And I would think like, am I, are viewers changing the channel right now? 
Like, am I losing risk? All these things. And I tried to find makeup that would work and I couldn't. And then there came this moment where I just had this gut feeling that did not make sense in my head. <laughs> it was like, wait, what if you create a product? If it works for you, it's going to help a whole lot of other people. If you could figure that out, like that would be meaningful to other people. And, and, and I, so I had that gut feeling, but my head was like, oh, but you're not qualified and you have no money and you don't know anybody in the beauty industry. And I went through this, this kind of moment where I think sometimes, cause I was in my dream job. Um, but I think sometimes like knowing when to let go of a dream is as important as when to go after one. And I, I, I made the decision to listen to my gut and listen to that feeling on my heart to do this. But what I didn't know, Dave, was like for three years, because I, I, I wrote the business plan with my husband on our honeymoon flight to South Africa. We got back, quit our jobs, went all in, poured every penny we had into creating a product. And when we finally did that, I thought like, oh, this is going to be huge. All these beauty stores I love are just going to like, this really works. So they're going to love it. And it was three years of hundreds and hundreds of no's. Um, Sephora, Ulta, QVC, all the department stores said no after no after no. They said, you're not the right fit for us or for our customers. And I, I wanted to use real people as models. And at the time it had never been done before. And they were saying like, you can't sell beauty products unless you use this unattainable uh, image of aspiration that, that women could never possibly look like. That's the only thing that will sell. And I was trying to show my own before and after and show real people, like all ages and, and sizes and skin tones and, and skin challenges and gender identities and everything else. I was like, you know, if, if people don't see someone that looks like them showing a product, how do they know it's going to work for them? And for me, it was common sense. But for three years, it was hundreds of no's and some of them really painful no's and, and, you know, crying yourself to sleep at night no's. And we got down to under $1,000 in our company bank account, which was also our personal bank account. Didn't know how the company was going to stay alive um, for a long time. And there were so many moments where I thought like, was my gut wrong? Right? Because sometimes in life, when we have this feeling we're supposed to give or serve or create or, or, or launch the thing or go after the dream or, or ask for the raise or ask for the promotion or apply for the job. And then it doesn't happen over and over and over. It's hard. And I yeah. talk about like what I, how I learned how to like listen to my gut and then, and then trust it when it said to keep going because it was years and hundreds of no's. And a lot of people see now, oh, it cosmetics, the biggest beauty brand in QVC's history, but it was years of them saying no, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and so I just think these stories are important to share because the, I think the worst thing that can happen is when people let that self-doubt or other people's opinions or all that stuff get so loud, they end up talking themselves out of their own truth, right? And, and staying in the comfort zone, as you would say, this being the ship that never leaves the harbor. That's what most people do. And, and the, those decisions are the moments that change our lives. Oh, I, I love it. What's, what I think is interesting in both the starting of the business and the intention of the book is that you led with solving a need. You led with service, the, the hope for impact, right? Like you saw that if you could take care of something that you were personally going through, that the solution might be applied to every other person who was also 
dealing with what you were dealing with and in the way that the book, I mean, immediately it was a number one Wall Street Journal and it was on the New York Times list. And I mean, like it hit all these lists in part because it had such a spirit of serving the needs of the audience. And I just like anyone who's listening, if your dream doesn't have some component of how it will impact other people, you may need to tweak the dream. Because there is some, there's just something that will, during that valley when the no's are coming in, allow you to keep going in part because of the conceit, the belief that when it clicks, it's going to help other people. It's, I mean, by the way, this is a, just an incredible thing that I want to make sure anyone listening also understands. This is just, again, a reflection of the heart of this human. Every single dollar that you are going to make out of this book are going to two incredible causes, one of which you could mistake for the name of this podcast, Together Rising and yeah. Feeding America. Every dollar that this book makes is going to go and actually help someone else. So not only are you, if you buy this book, helping yourself, believe in yourself, but you're also feeding some, I mean, like, God bless you. I think it's such an extraordinary thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel blessed to be able to do that. So yeah, donating 100% of my my proceeds from the book. I love something you just said because you know you talk a lot. You taught about the why, how to how to find your why, right? And I feel like it's so important, as you mentioned, for everyone, even if it's a personal goal, like to attach a why to it, because in those low times and, and a why that's bigger than yourself, right? Yeah. In those low times, you fall back on it. And just to kind of share during during these, these years of rejections and setbacks, and then even the years of growth, which could be really tough too. <laughs> and with success comes more problems. And during all those years, you know, I had, I had identified the why for the business, but I also kind of went, I peeled back the layers in that process and went really, really deep. And what I mean by that, and I encourage everyone listening to do this, like for their own goals, when they go really deep on that why, and even challenge themselves to go deeper. So that's a why that's so meaningful that you don't want to quit when times get tough. And for me, you know, it was, of course, I wanted to solve my own skin problems. Of course, I want to help other people that face the same challenges. But when I really did the work on the why, I had realized, Dave, that my whole life, right? Because I, I couldn't, I was like, why can't I find makeup that works for me? Then I realized, oh, my whole life I've seen these ads on TV or in magazines of perfect skin. I've never seen anyone that has skin challenges. And then I kind of realized, and, and I know you being the dad of a daughter and everything else, I, I realized like as a little girl, Growing up, I'd see these commercials and I'd see these ads and magazines and I, I loved them. Like I always wanted to look like that, but they always kind of made me feel deep down inside like I wasn't enough. And so my real deep why for, for this company um, that I was building was like, let me not just create a great product, but when I do it, I'm going to use image. I'm going to show my own bright red rosacea. I'm going to show real people with all kinds of challenge, you know, skin challenges, all ages, shapes, sizes, et cetera. I'm going to call them beautiful and mean it. And my whole bigger why was, can I try and shift culture around the definition of what beauty is oh. uh, for every little girl, little kid out there who's about to see those images and start doubting themselves and every adult who still does. And so it was this deep why, and it was the thing that I leaned back on and there were some tough times, Dave, a couple of years into the business. I didn't know how we were going to stay alive. And we got this big 
call from a potential investor and a big private equity company. And they're really well known for the, for building consumer product companies. We all buy in the grocery stores. And I thought this was going to be like life-changing and, and my husband, Paulo and I started these meetings and uh, sending our product pipeline and our sales projections. And we got down to the last meeting and he and I flew up for this meeting it was in person. Uh, and the head guy was about three feet from me. And I was like, oh, this is huge. Like if they invest in us, A, we're not going to go bankrupt. B, maybe they can use their leverage to get us into all these beta retailers that keep telling me no. And it got down to the final meeting. And um, and he says, he's about three feet from me in person. And he says, um, you want to congratulate you. We really think your product is terrific. Um, but it's a no, we're going to pass on investing in it cosmetics. And I was like, okay, um, can you tell me why? He says, I was so used to hearing no at that point, but I'm like, can you tell me why? Because feedback is usually a gift. And he says, he paused for a long time. He goes, do you want me to be really honest with you? And I said, yes, please. And he's like three feet from me. And he says, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. Oh. And I, I remember when he said this and a couple of things, like, first of all, like a lifetime of body doubt and self-doubt like flooded my body. And I, I literally, I didn't even feel anger at all toward him. I felt like I was like staring my own fear straight in the eye that would be interesting. And I had, and I went in my car and cried my eyes out after that. But I, I had the moment he said those words to me, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. I also remember this deep feeling like in the pit of my stomach that was like, he's wrong. Like I felt it. It was almost like God whispering to me. It was my, that's how I hear God through my intuition, but it was a strong feeling like he's wrong. And what's crazy is I also literally never felt anger toward him because what I realized I had done the work on the deep why beneath the why I was like, he's just as much impacted by the beauty industry a lifetime of it as I am. Like he's passing on investing in my business because he thinks I won't make him money because I don't look a certain way. Like, wow. So it actually fueled my whole purpose even more that like something's got to change. And by the way, by the way, Dave, um, fast forward six years, I hadn't heard from him uh, in a long time. I know time. this is going to be good. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that famous thing, there's that famous thing, um, rejection is God's protection, right? So, so, which I think is always true, even though it sucks at the time and it hurts and it doesn't make sense and it doesn't feel fair usually, but fast forward six years, the day L'Oreal, which by the way, L'Oreal was three years of meetings and a lot of no's. And anyways, and I wanted it to be yes way sooner. And it would have been way cheaper for them if it would have been yes way sooner. Anyways, by by the the uh, time L'Oreal acquired at Cosmetics, it was their largest acquisition in U.S. history. And they it, they're a public company. So they decided the day before that they were going to release the purchase price and it made all the papers everywhere. And they, they made me their first woman to hold the CEO title of a brand in their hundred and something plus year history. And so it was all over the press. And that day, it had been six years since I'd heard from that guy. And I heard from him that day. And he said, uh, he said, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I was wrong. And I learned it would have been, A, it would have been the most, had he, had he said yes, it would have been his most successful investment. But, but what's so beautiful about rejection, and I cannot wait, especially for more women to embrace rejection. So, so many of us are scared of it because it hurts and it's painful. But what's beautiful about rejection, I do believe it's God's protection every time, even in this case, it took me six years to see it. But had he believed in me, Dave, like had he actually 
said yes at the time. I was so desperate. We had no money. I probably would have given him the majority of the company for like nothing. But because he didn't believe in me, like by the time uh, L'Oreal acquired it cosmetics, we were still the largest shareholder. And it was like, thank God he didn't, <laughs> he didn't believe in me at the time. So anyways. Um, oh, I love <laughs> that story. I mean, and I love, you know, I, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be uh, affirmed by someone who rejected or doubted you, but you long before you got a phone call from him had affirmed yourself, right? Like yeah. you knew in your bones yeah. that you were right and that you stick like sticking to that. There's something so interesting, just like whether it's a skin condition or anything that you carry that is the thing that your insecurity is connected to or that your shame is connected to, when you start talking about it out loud, when you start sharing about it, one, you find how normal it is for every person to also identify with whatever that thing is. But I've also found that I now have released myself. There's freedom from the shackle of shame or the, the insecurity festering inside of me by now taking the power and having it become part of a triumph story of how I'm dealing with something that I wasn't necessarily proud of, or, you know, in, in your case, certainly creating a solution for something that is just a part of how you were perfectly created mm -hmm. is, is no reason to feel in, insecure or shame or whatever it might be. And yet, you know, like you get now to stand on the platform of the success that was created in part because of your willingness to not let someone else tell you what beautiful is or what will work. It's, it's such a, testimony for anyone who feels like they have to deny part of who they are, how they were created to fit into the conventional, traditional labels that will make them successful. Own your stuff. Be like, okay, and comfortable with it. You'll be free and you can have power in that. That's the word that comes to mind is like when we do that, right? Freedom. Because I, I grew up always kind of like being a people pleaser, thinking I need to be perfect. So for me to make this decision to just take my makeup off a national television show, my bright red rosacea, like have people tell me no one will buy makeup from someone who looks like you and be like, you know what? I'm going to show. I'm going to like reveal the real. There's such a freedom in that and such a power. And I think, I think when we show up as our representative, it's like it creates a barrier of disconnection. It never works. And it's also exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, right? When we fully like all the parts, the good parts, the messy parts. And one other thing too, that you that you just reminded me of something. I did this my first ever book launch event. And I had uh, one of my friends that showed up was Robin Roberts of Good Morning America. And I asked her a question. We we're talking about the things she's most proud of. She's won every award out there, every honor, every sports award, broadcast hall of fame, everything. And she said something that just hit me and blew me away. And it's similar. It reminded me what you just said, reminded me of it, just sharing it in case someone needs to hear this today is, she, you know, she's talking about what's the thing she's most proud of in her whole life. I thought she was going to say something. And she said, it's not that the, the thing she's most proud of, of, of everything she's accomplished personally, professionally, the things she's most proud of to this day are the things she's overcome. Like those are the things that fill her soul that she is most proud of are the things she's overcome. And it just, I thought was so like, I think when we embrace all the parts of us and are okay sharing with other human beings and connection, the things we're 
either have overcome or are in the process of overcoming. Just like you said, I think that's that's your power. That's so yeah. powerful, right? Well, I think too, though, like think about this. I mean, if, if people aren't familiar with your story, that IT Cosmetics has become this biggest brand in cosmetics and on QVC, the biggest selling cosmetic product in the history of QVC, that the success that you created was launched. The, the whole launch was started when you showed your true self, right? You removed your makeup, you pulled back the curtain, you let people see all of you unapologetically, unashamedly, look at me, I have rosacea. If you have rosacea, good news, you and I are the same people. And I got, a, I got something that's gonna help you. But it wasn't until you were willing, especially against the backdrop of the hyper curated, highlight reel social media world that we all live inside of, the people that I think are able to make the right and best kind of connections that actually afford people impact and breakthroughs are the ones that are trying their best to actually show the whole true, messy, imperfect versions of themselves. And that's yeah. a testament again to how did this thing work? Oh, this thing worked because it was you showing you. God, um, there's something beautiful in that. And it's true. It's, it's, it's true for every person. It's true for every person, right? And, you know, it's and one of the things I talk about in, in Believe It is this whole idea that, like, authenticity alone doesn't guarantee success automatically, but, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. Oh, that's good. Um, a lot of people don't don't actually realize that and they think they have to show up a certain way for people to like their post or join their community or whatever it is and and I talk about in the book about how um, when I finally got a yes on QVC, uh, which took years, <laughs> and um, and once we finally started getting traction, I I ended up doing over a thousand live shows myself. And you know, there's no script, there's no teleprompter. You're live to a hundred million homes, and when you're live on air by the second, you know in real time if you're hitting the sales goal or not, and if you're not hitting it you can see your clock jump down and you lost minutes, AKA a whole lot of money. <laughs> and the pressure is crazy. Anyways, over the years, over, uh, I was eight years in a row doing hundreds of shows a year. And so I had the blessing of meeting thousands of entrepreneurs and brand founders. And the thing, Dave, that's amazing to me, and I, and I talk about this because I hope this lesson I got to see play out right before my eyes. I hope it's really empowering for anyone who reads Believe It, who's dealing with comparison syndrome or, or, or jealousy or not enoughness or any of that stuff. When I look back, right, o o over the years at QVC and seeing thousands, tens of thousands of brands, most don't make it. Most don't make it. I would say 98% don't make it. And when I started looking at like, what's the commonality between the ones that last, that keep hitting their their sales numbers keep building a connection with their customers and building brands that last and that matter. There was none of them were the same. None of these people were, it wasn't the smartest people. It wasn't the funniest. It wasn't the coolest. Literally the only thing that I see in common with all of them is the ones that made it. They were the same off air backstage in the green room when no one's watching as they were on air selling their product in front of a hundred million homes. Because you can't fake authenticity and people are smart and they either connect or they don't. And some of the people that make it are crazy. 
Like, you're like, okay, but it's never like, but it's authentic. They're the same. They're the same behind the scenes and people feel that. And I think when we, when we really learn that lesson, it's freeing because it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter what a competitor is doing. It doesn't matter what your friend on social media, it doesn't matter all that matter. Like, like I talk about this journey of dealing with mean girls in the book, this whole thing. And this realization I came to that, like, I believe in every ounce of my being that we're not on this earth to compete with anyone else. Like they're, they're everyone's journeys in a weird way are irrelevant, even though I think we're supposed to all do life together, but I don't, I don't believe we're here to compete with anyone else. I think the only person we're here to compete with is the person God made us capable of becoming. And for me, I'm nowhere near that person yet, but like, that's who I compete with. And I got to see this lesson play out in real life over a number of years of thousands of people. And it was really cool to see that it's true that when you're just you yeah. and there's only one of you, like that's your power. It's, it, and and you, it doesn't matter how messy it is or how smart or funny or not, or you know what I mean? And I think that's like the beauty. One of my favorite lessons I've ever learned because it's freedom. 29-year-old version of me, year two of my 17 at the Walt Disney Company, I was in business development as a salesperson. And I had my first on-air time on QVC selling the family movie package in an olive oversized suit with shoulder pads. And I will tell you the lesson that you've just taught, very true, because I backstage laughing, having fun, good time, camera goes on. I am sales guy Dave with like a different tone and voice doing the radio DJ thing, watching my clock get completely chopped down as nobody was interested in listening to young, pompous, ridiculous radio, you know, show me. So um, good work. I appreciate it. I was never asked that. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, you, to see a clip of that would be so fun. And I, oh, bet you, I, you I just found it. You would I, show it. You did? I just found it. It is as terrible as you can imagine. This like the suit literally could have fit my entire family inside of it. It is the biggest <laughs> suit I've ever seen. The things I'm not supposed to do in this life include going on QVC and hawking movies. Uh, <laughs> that is so funny. So well, I can't wait to see that clip. <laughs> I will, I will find a way to, it's on, the thing is it's on a VHS tape. Like, I don't even know how to get it. I, I saw it before I moved from California to Texas, how I'm going to be able to actually transfer it. I don't know. We'll find a way we can work. <laughs> we got to now. <laughs> it's going to be in demand after this podcast. <laughs> If someone is listening who finds themselves as an entrepreneur, obviously you've had a long journey and so many of the stories inside the book are about the tips and tricks of weathering the craziness and chaos of being an entrepreneur. But if someone's just starting out, I know for me, going from a conventional job inside of a corporate environment to being inside of an entrepreneurial kind of environment was super difficult. I mean, so much of what worked in the old environment has no application in the new one, but is there something that you would give as a tip to someone who's just starting out and is feeling the waves, the headwinds of trying to do something that is for anyone who's been inside of entrepreneurship for a long time, a hard thing to handle? Yeah, a couple things come to mind. And the first one is just you have to take your ego out of it. Because I see so many entrepreneurs fail because they make decisions that look good, <laughs> outward facing, or give them what the world tells them significance looks like. 
or do things that look good on Instagram at the expense of prioritizing cash flow and what really matters to your customers. Uh, and I think that to be an entrepreneur, it's so much harder. I thought I worked hard my whole life, Dave. I've done a lot of jobs. I pushed grocery carts, uh, in a Safeway grocery store, bag groceries, waitress at Denny's, like all the jobs, right? I had no idea how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur. And so to be ready for that, I think, I think had our egos got into it ever, we wouldn't have made it Yeah, because you have to have no ego and you have to have a deep why that's just like you said, so much bigger than yourself that, that keeps you going. And, and I would say too, I believe it's easy to go buy business books and learn business tools. I think what's not easy, that's the most important part of, of, of being an entrepreneur, which is also why I wrote Believe It, to share this side of it. Because it's like, I think learning how to master your own self-doubt and learning how to hear and trust yourself. I believe your gut is more powerful than anyone else's advice. And I think so many people don't know, whether you're an entrepreneur or just somebody who wants to have more joy and be more of who you are in life, Learning to get still and hear yourself and trust yourself, for me, that's the biggest thing. Like, it's the biggest thing. It's the biggest reason I believe uh, that along with God, grace, and grit, (laughs) the biggest reason I believe we made it. Because in all the years when beauty retailers who I loved and just were so tempted to put on a pedestal we're telling me to change who I am, or it's not change our packaging, change our product. It's not, you know, exclusive feeling enough. It's not, it's too accessible. It's too relatable. People won't buy this, change this. And we'll give you a yes into our stores. All these people, and especially Dave, this is a big thing. If some, if you're doing, I found, if you're doing something novel or even a lot of people are like, oh, someone else has done my idea. Yeah, but no one can do it the way you're going to do it if you're doing it novel to you, authentic to you, right? So by definition, what you're doing has never been done before. And I have found now through all the years that most people, especially experts, even visionaries, they would never admit this, but they're only capable of believing something's going to work if it's already been done before, if they've already seen it work before. There's already social proof in their mind subconsciously that it's going to work. And they would never admit that. But I literally would have saved myself so many nights crying myself to sleep when all of these people who I was so like wanting to hold on a pedestal said, no, and it's not going to work and all these things. Like they they don't have bad intentions. They're just only capable of seeing things. Often experts have never built anything themselves, right? (laughs) Or created anything new necessarily. And so, you know, as creators, as entrepreneurs, as people that want to give or serve or do something authentically to you, I think learning to hear yourself and trust yourself and stay authentic and don't let the the noise all around us change who we are or talk us out of our own truth. I think that is how we overcame so many no's, how it cosmetics broke into this industry of giants that you know, a lot of people say the beauty industry is impossible to break into. And especially in the past when it was controlled by these giants that own department store floors and like the brands, Dave, that I would save my Denny's tip money to buy, like a MAC lipstick, a Lancome eyeliner. It's wild that this business in my living room broke through and is now bigger than all of them in the U.S. Like that's crazy, right? But it would never would have happened if I 
had let other people's opinions, all the, all the lack of proof around me of success, family that loves me, but is really worried about me, all of my own self-doubt, all of that can get so loud for us. And if we don't learn how to turn down the volume on all of that and turn up the volume on our own knowing, our own gut, our own still small voice, our own instincts, our own intuition, turn the volume up on that and then trust it. For me, that's the only way in life to step into all of who we are. And everyone listening to us right now will know, like if they're sitting there kind of talking themselves out of their own truth or letting other people do that, or if they have the painting they want to start painting again, or the thing they want to launch or the thing they want to do and trusting that and going for it, believing it is, is the, is really the only way to become all of, all of who we are and all of who we're born to be. I do think though, you said, you said a, a, a very important point and it's been a huge part of this last insane year for me. And that is you have to create space to hear the voice, right? Like trusting the voice is also obviously a thing that everyone needs to work on pushing back against self-doubt. But I have created as a part of my every single day routine, intentional spaces for stillness, the importance of creating the space because noise is just what this world runs on, whether it's the marketing messages from companies, the news trying to scare you into watching more, the way that social media's comparison game always is kind of like fixing you in. If you can't find a space where you can be still and actually hear the voice, I don't know that you're ever going to actually pay attention to it because of all the distractions that end up taking place. So whether it's the patio of peace or what happens for me on a long run, like those are the places where I am trying to slow down the world, get back into neutral and listen to that voice. And it's, yeah, sometimes it feels like God. Sometimes it feels like the universe, but a lot of times it's a combination of a bunch of those things amplifying the gut, the instinct, the intuition that knows and us paying attention to it is a thing that is just, I think, so wildly undervalued and it comes through so well inside the book. Speaking of the book, uh, if someone were to pick this book up, what is the like one thing that you would hope or a couple things that you would hope that they might get from it? Believe It, again, is the name of the book. And man, everybody should buy this darn book. Yeah, my biggest hope is that it really gives you tools and lessons and stories and a whole toolbox to pull from really on how to overcome self-doubt, how to how to truly learn to believe in yourself and trust yourself and know you're enough and know you're worthy of your hopes and dreams. And that's really my hope and intention. It's really, truly my story of overcoming self-doubt and how hopefully everyone who reads it can do that even more on their own journey too. So yeah, I'm, you know, I called it how to go from underestimated to unstoppable. And I talk about so many stories of underestimation, but often it's us underestimating ourselves. And it's really, how do you go from underestimated to unstoppable in your joy, in your faith, in your creativity, in your belief in yourself. So that is my hope and prayer. And uh, yeah, I'm super, super honored to share it with you too. And thank you so much. Of course. Well, I, uh, in this book that I'm turning in next Monday, I was saying this before we started, if there was a through line, it's about this idea of honoring the intention of our creator that I think Mm -hmm. each of us was just created with very deliberate design that uniquely the pieces, the wiring, the every single part of who we are was very intentionally and deliberately designed. And that the role that we have as humans on this planet is to honor the intention of our creator. And I will tell you, you are 
every day in this book and in the way that you show up as a light in this world, honoring the intention of our creator. And I'm so, so grateful to call you a friend, man. You are good people, Jamie. Come on. Um, I want to end. Thank you, Dave. Of course. I want to end this conversation with the same question that we ask every single guest, which is if you could leave our audience today with a single takeaway, it could be an idea, a question they should ask, an actionable piece of advice. What is the single thing that you would want to leave listeners with today? Well, I think uh, just to make it timely, I think we're coming out of a really tough year, a tough season for so many people. So the words that just popped in my head right now are champions aren't made when the game is easy. And I believe every single person is, is a champion, is born perfectly and wonderfully made. I'm just so excited for everyone to really embrace that idea again, who hasn't been in a while, right? Who has been dimming their light for a while, just to ignite it again and believe in themselves and the possibility of their hopes and their dreams. And also just, um, I just want to say thank you too and honor everyone who's just part of your community and part of this show. I mean, I, I talk in the book about my whole life. I was like a lone wolf and I, I thought like my independence was this badge of honor. And I thought, Oh, I've got this. I don't need to count on anyone else. And I thought that it was literally being independent, not needing anyone was, was a badge of honor. And I learned through a ton of tough personal lessons that life isn't meant to do alone, that we are meant to do life with other people and connection and community together. And I learned for me that my lone wolfness wasn't a badge of honor. It came from a deep-seated fear that I wasn't worthy of other people showing up for me. Mm. And I learned that and started making changes in my life and making efforts to audio text my friends who I think the world of like you. And, you know, I just want to honor this show and what you do with it to just bring everyone together. And on a side note, your Instagram stories on the patio piece and all those other things where I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to create more space like that. Like all the stuff, right. It's, it's that coming together and not doing life alone that just want to honor that right now and say, thank you. Oh, that's so good. Well, Jamie and I uh, happen to, as I said, we're friends outside of this. We also happen to coach together inside of an amazing platform called Growth Day. Once a month, Jamie is live. I am live. There are a host of other unbelievable teachers like Brendan Burchard and Mel Robbins and Jenna Kutcher and David Bach and a whole host of others that are uh, in there. I'm going to put the link to our cool platform called Growth Day in the show notes of today's show. Uh, If you need a coach. If you want a coach, you should want a coach. I promise you that there is a ton of light coming out of this platform from both of us and a whole bunch of other people. If someone, Jamie, uh, does not currently follow you, if they don't know uh, enough about you and they'd like to know more, where can they go to get more information? Uh, I have everything on believeit.com actually. So like the book's called Believe It and then the website believeit.com. Tons of fun stuff there, free stuff there. And then my Instagram is Jamie Kern Lima and I'm on there myself. DMing everyone. (laughs) Everyone. All right. So uh, thank you, Jamie, for coming on today. Uh, I appreciate you so much much as a part of my life and also for giving so much of yourself on this episode today. If you, as a listener, got anything from this and how could you not have? What are you, a cyborg? Of course you did. Please, uh, on behalf of Jamie and myself, take a picture of the podcast on the device that you're listening to in real time. Tag both of us. Jamie Kernlina and Mr. Dave Hollis on Instagram so that we can 
shout back at you and thank you for supporting the show. Between now and next week, in the words of Jamie, believe in yourself. We'll see you next week. Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support by Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Rise Together is a product of The Hollis Company.